I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Wednesday, November 2nd, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech all in less than seven minutes. Okay, Jay, this might hit a bit too close to home for a number of peak pals out there, but the average Canadian credit card balance per Equifax is $2,121. Now, that's the highest amount on record as credit card usage increased for the sixth straight quarter last quarter. Jay, what what have you you bought? Have you bought anything added to your credit card balance that you has that has been particularly helpful or useful to you? Ha, ah, that's a good question. The last one I could actually think about. I, I no 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 free plugs, so I'm not even going to say the name of the company. Wow. There is a basketball skills app that attaches to a smart basketball. Someone gave us the smart basketball. We downloaded the app and are paying a subscription for. That. You got to say the app now. I know no free plugs, but if it adds value to the to the peak pals, then I think it's worth saying. Sure. It's called Dribble Up. It's really cool. Okay. It's not for me, but my handle is getting much better for those in the know. And if you're looking to increase that balance, so if you let's say let's say you're at let's say you're just at seventeen hundred dollars on your credit card balance and you want to get up to the average twenty one hundred dollars, I gifted a Dyson vacuum Ooh. and they're excellent. Uh, so I strongly recommend. I know people, people, by the way, have different opinions on Dyson vacuums, but I, I like mine. I think it's been a, a huge addition to my home. And so that's what I would do if you, if you just, if you just can't stand being underneath that average credit card balance and you got to get up there, a Dyson's a great way to, to make that jump. Brett, one question: Did you get the stick or the full vacuum? I got the stick. Okay. I'm not. I'm not. Look I, again. I want to hit the average. I don't want to <laughs> go beyond it. So I couldn't get the full, full thing. Brett, aside from your vacuum gift, what do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, Yeezy's No More. For our second story, Touch Bistro's New Round. And for our last story, Canada has a new immigration plan. For our first story, the Adidas-Kanye West split meant the death of Yeezy, the immensely popular and influential line of shoes, the controversy-mongering rapper designed for the company. That's potentially bad news for the sneaker resale market, which is projected to be $30 billion by the industry in 2030, and for those touting sweet kicks as a burgeoning asset class. Brett, how is the end of Yeezy's impact to the sneakerhead community and maybe you in particular? I'm not a sneakerhead, Jay. I think you're actually more of a sneakerhead than I am. I'm not I'm not a Yeezy guy, though. Never was, and certainly I'm not now. <laughs> yeah, certainly not now. Well, look, <laughs> prices for Yeezys went up following the split, with reselling platform reporting surges of up to 50%, but have since started to fall as West digs this hole deeper. That's, a, that's one way to put it, Jay. Yeah, I'll say the price surges occurred as Yeezy suddenly looked like they were rarer than ever. But the fact that the market was flooded with them signaled that sellers are actually trying to offload them. Soon, owning Yeezys could be interpreted as having as a sign of having some, let's say, unsavory opinions, which could tank the value of the sneakers no matter how rare they might be. And all this matters because Nike, Air Jordan, and Adidas account for 98% of total revenue in the global sneaker resale market, with Yeezys making up basically all of Adidas' share. If Yeezys fall out of fashion, I like that, fall out of fashion, that's like a double yep. entendre. That leaves some, literally, quite literally, big shoes to fill for resellers. Full credit goes to the Peaks editorial team for that yes. one. Now, next, some experts believe a brand could step up to take Yeezy's place with the smart money on New Balance, a one deeply uncool brand seeing a sort of cultural renaissance. <laughs> By dads like me. But however, some are worried Yeezy's fall could hasten a resale sneaker market crash, which has been feared this year as resale prices drop amidst an economic downturn. 
Other signs of a potential crash are the actions of StockX, the premier resale site which laid off employees this year and is rapidly trying to expand beyond sneakers. The bottom line is this, Brett. If you have Yeezys, the clock might be ticking. If you don't care about fancy sneakers and are content to keep rocking your Crocs or Skechers, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, that's one way to put it. For our second story, Toronto-based Touch Bistro, a software provider for restaurants, is breezing through a market downturn that has left venture capitalists holding their dollars pretty close to their chest. But not that close, Brett. The company closed a $150 million fundraising round with venture capital firm Francisco Partners, which is not only one of the biggest seen in Canadian tech this year, but included multiple investors competing for a slice of that sweet, sweet Touch Bistro pie. And here's what the pie is all about. If you see a waiter punching in your order on a tablet, chances are they're using Touch Bistro. The company also creates tools for kitchens and managers. To catch you up, Touch Bistro barely made it through the pandemic. The company was exploring a buyout after losing 10% of its restaurant clients and actually providing free relief to many more, which led to layoffs and the introduction of costly features to help restaurants stay afloat. Now, under new leadership in 2021, the business began targeting larger restaurants and groups with multiple locations and focused on expanding its expansion efforts into the U.S. Brett, it turns out funding is out there, but there is less of it and more of what is available will go to turning a profit now rather than promising windfalls sometime in the future. Now, Peter Chris Todolo. A partner at Francisco, the company's investors, says the firm is more interested in startups that aren't burning $100 million a year. That's a bit of shade being thrown at a couple of big-name companies. Now, to zoom out, tech has been battered by falling valuations and rising rates. In absence of the free-flowing capital last seen in 2021, companies are shifting from growth to profitability mode. For our third story, the feds just flicked on a big, bright, buzzing open sign with a new three-year immigration plan aimed at getting skilled workers into the country to address the ongoing labor crunch. Yeah, here's what's happening, Jay. So Canada wants 465,000 new immigrants in 2023, 485,000 in 2024, and a whopping 500,000 in 2025 with an emphasis on economic immigrants, those who are choosing to come for work. Highly skilled workers account for the greatest percentage of desired newcomers, but the plan also looks to hike the number of immigrants coming to reunite with family. Since new immigrants are often overly concentrated in urban areas, the plan also has mechanisms in place to funnel people into different regions, including rural populations. And it matters because with over 1 million vacancies in the labor market, including the critical industries like healthcare and building, a platoon of new workers would be a godsend. A wave of mass retirements on the horizon and one of the world's lowest birth rates means immigration is the only way Canada can realistically boost worker numbers. But the plan doesn't outline how to build the infrastructure to maintain such a large influx of people. We're short on housing and newcomers can't be expected to build it all while they get here. Real estate analyst John Parsalis tweeted, our government knows we can't build homes fast enough for this growth. So what can we expect? House prices and rents that continue to be unaffordable. Ouch. There's also a retainment issue as the high cost of living and pay gap driving people away. One survey found that 23% of new Canadians plan to say bye-bye in the next two years. The bottom line is immigration is a necessary thing for countries to grow, and Canada has benefited greatly from it in recent years and even before that. To keep it a good thing, though, it needs proper support systems. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. 
And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. Thank you, Brett. Have a great day, Jay.